0: All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro.
1: Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney.
0: My biggest fear is backselling Stutter by Fifi Dobson and stuttering over the backsell.
1: It's my <laughs> that was biggest fear. Stutter. I mean, and yeah. People couldn't, <laughs> couldn't imagine being more scared of something. Than <laughs> really? No. I feel like people would just think you were joking.
0: I don't want them to think I'm that bad of a joker. Right. You know I what? That's that's how I don't want them to <laughs> think so low of my comedic sensibility. Yeah, uh, fair. Speaking of comedic sensibility, Yeah. Uh, Pete
1: Davidson. Okay. <laughs> we uh is comedic sensibility or s- just stability what we Yeah, need to talk maybe about maybe it. you're right because I don't think we can say that he's like, you know, I don't think we can say he's totally I'm worried stable. about him. I'm worried about him. He got A couple tattoos on his neck and then got engaged. Got engaged with a $93,000 ring, which he can't afford. Oh, my. And then how long? I feel like Lauren Michaels needs to pull him into his office right about now. Yeah. Do you think that's happened? I don't know. Like, I think a couple of things. I think, like we talked about
0: a couple of weeks before, they both have unique experiences with trauma. Sure. Uh, They're both actually really funny, smart people, Mm -hmm. which she might not appear to be at first glance. Right. She's actually, they're both like really good at what they do. They appear to be from different worlds. Mm -hmm. But maybe not the case. It's just the speed of it all yeah. that that's very unsettling. Right. They're engaged, and they've only been dating what seems to be a couple of weeks, although they've probably have been sleeping together since she hosted SNL like two years ago. Right. That's my guess. Oh, that's an interesting
1: take. Probably. Uh,
0: um, but it's, it seems it seems unsettling. Pete Davidson, the weird, awkward little nerd boy from SNL, is engaged to one of the biggest pop stars in the world, which is one of my favorite blink One Eighty two 2 songs, <laughs> but summer's almost over. Right. And we're going to different schools.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very nerve-wracking. I'm nervous for him. I don't normally care. <laughs> is that a lyric that you think is from a Blinkway Two song? <laughs> no. Summer's almost over and we're going to different schools. It just kind of sounds like it could be. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of, it kind of kind of, Kind of a that, going away
0: to college vibe. It fits that milieu because they're both yeah. young and like, I mean, they're younger than me, but not much younger. Uh, it just seems a little bit Id- idyllic. something something's weird about it everybody agrees
1: we don't think that they're gonna be the Goldie Hawn and uh Kurt Russell (laughs) of our time do we (laughs) Uh, you're
0: right they're George and Amal right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's it's weird I don't want to judge them I'm happy for them and also that's not really the tone of this podcast to be like did you hear who's dating who
1: (laughs) it should be we (laughs) should do the gossip corner I'm not above it haiku corner gossip corner you're right, all right ha- we had a, a thing called haiku corner last week but that got cut we have an idea that we want to include
0: which is <laughs> which is a, a phone-in haiku segment yes because i don't think that's been done
1: anywhere With else a childhood friend of mine
0: <laughs> <laughs> who's a good writer by the way great poet yeah we was should, excellent we should use her poetic
1: skills i know i had to apologize to her last night at softball she called me out for cutting it oh really <laughs> yeah I, I let her know that we cut it maybe next
0: time but, maybe yeah. next time okay i'm gonna throw some names at you okay all right uh like it or not, they're doing yet another Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory reboot. Oh. Which seems okay. like a thing that they probably shouldn't do, but I think at this point we should just accept sure. the reboots that are coming. Preserving judgment. I well, went, oh, but well, I'm going to hold that back. That, and now we have an opportunity for the most recent Willy Wonka not to be bad. Sure. Right? Yep. Maybe it won't be bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw some names at you for potential Willy Wonkas. You just say, good idea, bad idea. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to pick the most unlikely one at this juncture. Ryan Gosling. Good idea. Paul Bettany good
1: idea neil patrick harris great idea kate blanchett uh, come on okay it's gonna be kate blanchett isn't it christian bale mm, we're starting to wade into like super artistry super psychotic no no comedic uh <laughs> talent janelle monet are they gonna do a version with all of these people like a wonder emporium kind of thing yeah a little bit (laughs) yeah i was thinking like uh i'm not there thing because kate planchette even played one version of bob dylan bob dylan yeah and donald glover i donald glover
0: i could see working only three of the people i just named are actually in consideration can i guess yeah okay
1: paul bettany nope damn it um who's another one that ryan gosling yep Okay. But he's
0: not going to... They're not going to give it to him. That's too easy. Right. Handsome guy, kind of quirky. It's not going to happen. Donald Glover?
1: Yeah. Okay. I like where this is going. Me too. uh, One more person. Can I ask male or female? Female. Janelle Monae? Yeah. That's interesting. In fact,
0: like the internet is really behind Janelle Monae as Willy Wonka. And maybe that's the different stroke we
1: need. Sure. She can be like... Are are we not using like pronouns in this version of Willy Wonka? Do you think is it like I'm Willy and that's
0: just that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that we're so married to the script that we have to worry about pronouns just yet. <laughs> okay, <I'm> just... <laughs> we can't use this. We have to start from scratch. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the story is at all dependent on whether or not Willy Wonka is male. Right. Right. I don't, no. 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 Like I it's not like James so. Bond. Like it's it is. Important to the icon, uh, the figure of James Bond. Sure, I think that. But it's he's such male. a
1: whimsical character that it there's not. It's almost there's almost nothing human about. There's something extra right. extra human about. It's Willy not Bonko. like like well, what are we going to do about his marriage and that time that he talked about <laughs> <laughs> making out with his right. best gal? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that could still suit you. That's Mona. you're right. I know. Could get I'll into put the, my Twitter, in my mouth. into
0: 2018, buddy. <laughs> yeah. What's the I matter with you? I don't know. Uh, how about Anthony Bourdain? Uh it's weird because like we we talked about suicide mm-hmm. last week in the podcast, and mm-hmm. then like thirty six hours later, yeah, was it was another major news story. It
1: was the next day. Yeah, that was so uh, so jarring. I feel like he just connected so closely with especially guys around our age. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a young and and, and even older, probably up to like forty, because just young dudes wanting to see the world and I know obviously women too Um, I just I just connect it with like no, no, all there was, my friends that I'm sure I know a lot
0: of women really liked Anthony Bourdain but there was a definite uh, masculinity to him that was appealing to young men totally especially to know he was 60, 61 yeah oh maybe when I'm 61 my right. life will be that cool that's right and he didn't quite get famous until he was in his 40s yeah so he it was 1999 he was just like working in a kitchen and had done well like was doing well in new york kitchens Mm -hmm. but he just wrote this article for a free newspaper uh which was called uh, don't eat before you read this okay and it got picked up by the new yorker the next day he had a book deal the next month he had a tv show and 20 years later uh of course we know what happened but like he was like one of the
1: one of the more rock star-esque food personalities yeah there was nothing more fun than traveling to a weird country and asking yourself, "Oh, did Anthony Bourdain do an episode on this?" Yeah, like that was always real. And you know, before I went to Argentina, it was like, "Oh my God, he did one. He's in Buenos Aires here. Like, let's let's follow along." Him so going you took some Argentina. tips from his trip to Argentina. A little bit, like yeah. you know, I, I obviously didn't have the same kind of budget, but it gave me a bit more of an appreciation for. Let's just walk into it and see how it goes. I saw somebody tweet uh, that. Anthony Bourdain's show was one of the few shows on TV that actively tried to make you not be afraid of other people. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of a nice way of putting it. Definitely. He, he definitely had a style about him too. And, and I was listening to another podcast where they were saying, he'll do a show from West Virginia. And it wasn't be afraid of, of the people here or most of the people here are on the right and wanting to do this with our country. It was just kind of like we're all... A people in the same country And we can come together over some things
0: Yeah And food is one of them I heard Russell Brand of all people say one time That borders are fictional And that Mm -hmm. has always stayed with me Yeah Like this idea of like uh, Patriotism is fine And like countrymanism is fine Right But like all of this is made up like the dirt is the same color on one side of the border. It is as, as the other. And like, I know that's like a little airy fairy. It's all it, kind
1: of a construct. Though. It is
0: completely arbitrary <laughs> yeah. where the line is. Right. And so like the earth is just one place. Mm-hmm. And like that is, that is kind of a valuable way of, of approaching
1: the Anthony Bourdain philosophy too, I think. Yep. agree. Totally agree. And actually it's funny because Anthony Bourdain had that view. Russell Brand had that view. Both uh, recovered heroin addicts, which yeah. I find like an interesting through line in anyone's story. It just makes me But it, Isn't
0: it interesting that such a big part of Anthony Bourdain's uh, uh, spectacle was his booze? Yeah. Like it was, so, he was always getting fucked up. He would drink like tons of wine and tequila and stuff it, on his show. It did
1: seem like he was always getting fucked up. So I read on that and he... Never drank at home apparently No Like he, he saved it all for the show He saved it all for if he was traveling This was part of the experience And food too I think Yeah Like he did jujitsu every day to offset the food Really? Yeah So he um yeah he gave up heroin in, in the 80s And then never drank except when he was doing the show But he even said you know There's times where you know People need to shut out every drug He said booze is just kind of fun for me <laughs> Yeah, Which, I, that was a funny explanation. I
0: guess if you can compartmentalize those things, that's fine. But I don't. Apparently you I can. don't know what it's like to be a drug addict, but it seems to me if you've had a heroin problem, you can't even drink coffee, right? I'm, I like. I think that happens to most people who mm-hmm. have that problem and then get by it. Yeah, yeah. It's very sad. It's very. It's very jarring too, because I think it was understood that he was like kind of a dark guy, or like that he had, he was moody, or that he was dissatisfied with some of the direction
1: of the of the world but like you could see in the show a little bit sometimes too that he definitely had a dark side and there was even some like parts that were kind of mean like he brought up guy fieri a couple times yeah and just seemed to really go in on him Mm. and it didn't come from a place of like you know he's just another tv it wasn't like a rivalrous thing no it was like how do you deduce if you're guy fieri you know he's like he said that on the nerdist podcast where he was very warm About most other things. Yeah. Now, if he said, you know, Guy Fieri was a total dick to have my staff one time, I would say, okay, great. Right. Let's let's shit on him. But it was literally just from seeing him on his show. Well, he had kind of that... I don't. I hesitate to say bad
0: boy persona. He had a bit
1: of a too cool for school thing sometimes, for sure. Yeah, a bit of a, of a pretension almost. But you got by it really quickly because well, were so interested by, by the knowledge that he brought.
0: And it was this weird combination of pretentious but not proud. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he was like really serious about all of his convictions food wise,
1: right. but like one of his convictions was how great In n Out Burger is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And it, that's what was great about watching the show. You talked about an episode where he went to the Waffle House. Yeah, it's one of peop- It's a lot of people's favorite boarding clip. But He's
0: like going to Waffle House to have the Waffle House experience at like 2 o'clock in the yeah. morning. And he's loving it so much. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just love those episodes where he's getting so into something. Mm-hmm. You know, just watching him be super passionate about like, I'm out here, I'm drinking tequila, and we're cutting up a pig and yeah. putting it on the barbecue. Yeah, I mean, we, We've talked a little bit about food videos before mm-hmm. I'm not a, a food
0: person at, I mean, I'm a, a, a food lover I'm not a cook Are you a cook? Do you like to cook? No, not no, at all Me neither But there is something about food videos Which I'm kind of adopting later than most people yeah. But there is something inherently joyful in food videos mm-hmm. I think it's because like a well-made food video requires passion right. And zest Yeah. Um, so we've talked about the binging with Babish thing a lot One of my favorite YouTube videos in the world, and I'll watch it sometimes, and it makes me feel good. Is Gordon Ramsay making hamburgers on his patio? Really? And it's like ten minutes, yeah. and he shows you how to make amazing hamburgers, and he calls them burgers. <laughs> and it's it's you should watch that's it because he's British. It's, that's why he calls them. Okay. Burgers. Yeah, <laughs> and like I don't I don't really. I don't really watch the MasterChef shows or whatever, though I'm sure mm-hmm. I could get hooked on those shows pretty easily. Yeah. But there is something about
1: watching people who get food mm-hmm. that is fascinating and kind of inspiring. Yeah, yeah. it does make me want to sit down sometimes and just say, why am I not getting a venison steak and just grilling it up tonight for dinner? That would be yeah. fun. I know, I know. And like all of that
0: stuff, you you do have the means to... I saw your kitchen this weekend for the first time. It's great.
1: Yeah, I should be cooking in there. Yeah, you like, should. I was gonna say I should be cooking in that bitch, <laughs> but I'd change it to there. You could call it that if you ashamed.
0: want. It's your it's your I'm kitchen, that
1: bitch. It's your bitching kitchen. Maybe this weekend.
0: Okay. The Lord
1: of the Rings TV show,
0: which seems to be coming up like every week, we do a podcast. We're it comes, always talking about it. it. Comes out in three years. We can't talk about it every <laughs> single week. Uh, Two billion dollar budget. Uh, what's his name? Peter Jackson's not going to be attached. Comes out in 2021. Mm-hmm. They are eyeing New Zealand. For shooting <gasps> whoa that's original come on well i didn't it didn't even occur to me that they might not shoot it in new zealand
1: right honestly like as soon as i saw that headline i was like well yeah you know right what I mean? yeah well and that's just an example of them finding news about nothing i guess that's not it, really news. i guess
0: it is but it would be bigger news if they were like you know what we're gonna film this on a soundstage in london that's
1: when it will get shitty yeah apparently they're filming it on a soundstage in bangladesh they're spending billions of dollars. I don't think that's necessary. I know. But yeah, they can do, they have $2 billion to film a show. Have, do movies have billion dollar budgets? No. This is going to be the most
0: insane show ever. I mean, maybe the Avatar things do. Movies are shorter. They than, might kill actual people for this show. <laughs> Sacrifice. Like, that could happen. They can afford it. Speaking of billions of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, Infinity War became only the fourth movie in history to cross the $2 billion worldwide box office threshold this weekend. Right. So it joins the ranks of Avatar and Titanic mm-hmm. and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Zoe Saldana is the only person in movie history to have a starring credit in two movies that have made two billion
1: dollars the other one being avatar avatar and infinity war right yeah yeah wow she's killing it but she's not in any other shows she's not even really an a-list movie star no she's not no i would say six out of ten people would know who zoe zeldana was maybe even four out of ten well and then uh, three of those four might think she's tandy newton (laughs) fair you know what i mean yeah anyway good fair. for her i but hope she's racist.
0: i hope she's negotiating it's not racist look at the two of them
1: no i'm not saying slightly like, i'm just saying because it's, it's the same race sweets is racist In oh okay case, i feel better <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> That's yeah. not what i was saying I'm, just, I'm, joking. I'm joking yeah yeah you can get that out I'm go gonna, ahead i'm not okay. cutting it out all right this is real this is this <laughs> well, is live doing it live doing it live um the Cavs lost I did know. you hear about this? I, did I hear about it. Yeah. I they got swept.
0: It. Yeah. They deserve to get so swept. Sorry, man. If they, can't, if they can't win any games, then well, there, they deserve to, to not a win a There is a big game. thing.
1: So the the Warriors are still the super team. They're probably going to win again next year. The big thing is... is Cleveland's uh, LeBron James is probably going. to... I was going to say Cleveland, but I meant LeBron James. LeBron James of the Cleveland team. <laughs> of the Cleveland team is probably yeah. going to leave this year. Yeah, people don't know where he's going. There's been there's lately been a little bit of talk about the Celtics, which is crazy. Ooh. Um, See, I'm a, I'm a LeBron
0: fan. I don't I don't need to stay with the Cavs. Although I'll always have an appreciation for the Cavs. Right. I'm going to
1: root for LeBron's team. So one of the front runners is the Lakers. Oh. Yeah. What you you're, you you. Are against the Lakers? Well, listen, I don't know a whole lot about anything. <laughs> okay. But if I was going to be a baseball fan, I wouldn't want to be a Yankees there fan. There you go. Sure. Sure. And I mean, now I will say, you know, I've been a Patriots fan for a long time. Yep. This made me feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to jump aboard a bandwagon team, now might be the time. The Lakers are not winning right now. They're I pretty bad. I guess. They didn't make the, the playoffs. They just seem so obvious. Yeah, I know. And that's kind of why he's going there. His son, there's also like a sun watch. His son just signed with uh, a high school in really. apparently. He's good. He's good. Okay. Like, yeah, he's like really good. There's a whole whole storyline where LeBron might stay in the NBA until his son gets to the NBA and he can play with or against him.
0: I know that ultimately money and fixation on the game treating the game as the almighty great power those are the two ingredients that make a pro
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it still kind of fascinates me when two members of the same family can achieve that high um, rank it's e- insane even even lebron who has so much of it in him perhaps more than anyone in history yeah. he has the he has the makings of a great basketball player uh in fact i think i can say that with total confidence
1: yes 100% top, um, top 3 all time
0: yeah definitely but like also just like his body like top three all time michael jordan and who's the
1: third uh probably bill russell he just won the most titles yeah in the nba larry bird larry bird's probably four possibly three if you just look at the
0: physicality of those four or five guys Mm -hmm. lebron james looks the best he's built
1: the most machine like well yeah he's well he's taken such a a lead on forming a body that will keep him in the nba for yep. as long as possible like sports medicine has been insane as of late people are going into cryo chambers after games yeah. they're doing like you know yoga the and cupping thing and, like <laughs> sure the cupping thing like half hour stretch sessions just to like lose it people are not getting injured in the same way that they used to right so the point i'm trying to make is that sure lebron james jr what's his name uh Bronny. <laughs> Bronny? Is it really? Bronny. Bronny the quicker picker upper? <laughs> That's Bounty. Yeah. Bro, 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 Bronny just has the the Bronny man. His name it? is not Bronny. His name's Bronny Bierro NNY. So his name is LeBron James Jr. His name's
0: Bronny James. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Okay, LeBron so James and Bronny. So Bronny James, James he has the DNA of greatness in him, which should give him an advantage. Mm -hmm. And certainly he has the money and Mm -hmm. all the other little things. But if he doesn't have that passion, Mm. he's not going to make the NBA except for that. He was bred with the passion. Like he sees his dad being super passionate when he doesn't need to be passionate. Yeah. But that's not enough because there's so many people who don't want to do what their dad did.
1: Yeah, maybe. I I don't know how it works when your dad is
0: a a, amazing athlete, but like, it, it it doesn't just take wanting to be dad it also has to be in his uh, brainwashing he has to kind of be like like raised mm. under the
1: almighty power of the orange ball i think he kind of has been i think he probably has been and this podcast is going to age very well if we look back on it in 20 years and Bronny james is like the number one player of all time. I'm going to look like a real asshole if
0: Bronny James is a household name. And they're like, why are you making fun of the name Bronny James? That's the right. most famous athlete
1: of all At time. At the time, it's funny. Yeah, It <laughs> so, is like, funny. But like, no one knows that his, the son's name is Bronny James. So are you playing me or not? What do you mean? Is, this, is that his name? No, no, it actually is. I okay. just mean it's not a super popular topic. But his birth name is LeBron James, right? I don't know. I know that LeBron posts videos of his son playing and be like, Bronny's J is pretty sweet (laughs) and it's like him taking a jump shot that makes me so happy (laughs)
0: yeah it has to be LeBron James it's
1: one of those things that that LeBron's gonna be like I'm so humbled that my son is the greatest player in the NBA and we're (laughs) like you don't know what humbled means yet yeah you still haven't learned yeah well
0: that and like if his son gets to be the greatest player of all time too the two of them as both under the name LeBron James Are really going to be racking up the stats. I don't think he can ever go by LeBron James. No, he can't, but he's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like we could easily start calling LeBron James Bronny James. Like I'm surprised people haven't been calling him that. Me too.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to start calling him Bronny James. Okay. All right. Uh, Catch uh, it
0: before it catches on with the other guy. (laughs) We've talked about basketball long enough.
1: Yes, I think so too. Sorry about that.
0: People keep leaving social media because of harassment. So Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose in The Last Jedi, okay. she deleted all her Instagram photos okay. because, uh, like, incel hate nerds sure. who didn't like The Last Jedi for wrong for reasons they're incorrect about uh, were just, like, commenting really mean things on her pictures as if it's at all her fault that there was some writing they were not right. fond of. She just took a great job. Totally. And, by the way, seems like a lovely person. Sure. So she left social media. And now uh, Millie Bobby Brown has left Twitter because this meme went kind of viral this week. It's like a homophobic meme that makes it look like Millie Bobby Brown said some horribly homophobic stuff, which she didn't say. Like they used her face and they put this quote about like wanting to drive over gay people at pride parades. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so she left Twitter.
1: Wow, that's all you
0: have to do is just put that up about
1: someone, and it then caught on. Totally it, like people, it?
0: people know the difference. Nobody's really been fooled by it, but like right. it got big enough that it was. She didn't want to see that shit, wow. and
1: yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm out. She's dating someone. She has a boyfriend. Yeah. And apparently he's like cheated on her and this is oh, a big God. thing that like no. kids in early junior high are talking I about. don't
0: buy it that's all part of the narrative it's <sighs> all part of the construct
1: of her image I yeah I think so too I didn't even know that that could happen at this age though like like that that becomes popular news well think about it like when you were
0: her age there were other kids in your school who, like, had boyfriends and girlfriends, totally. right? And they, they, most of them didn't last very long. That's right. And they were certainly taken very seriously at the time, but they were not very serious. Whereas uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who has a grown-up job mm-hmm. and this grown-up life and a tiny kid body uh, with a kid brain, however mature she might appear to be, has to be... Her first relationship has to be, like... It's almost like her coronation. Like, right. it has to be, like, this big, like uh emergence into the tabloids Mm -hmm. as this adult like uh uh, being who's eligible
1: yeah the the troubling thing for me is that these whole cheating rumors cannot be done without adults helping right so there's adults spreading rumors about 14 year olds yes maybe younger yeah
0: relationships right because he put his arm around another
1: girl at the movies. Bra- yeah. Yeah. Like, that is so crazy to yeah. me.
0: It's upsetting. It's really, really perverse,
1: actually. Yeah. 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 Ugh.
0: Uh, onto, Ugh. onto nicer things, Ugh. though. Tina Fey did not win any Tonys for Mean Girls this weekend, which I was a little surprised about.
1: Who hosted the the Tonys
0: this weekend? Uh, Josh Groban and Sarah Borelli's. Oh, interesting. You want to know how things have changed? Okay. You know how who to- hosted the
1: Tonys last year? Was it... Neil Patrick Harris? Kevin Spacey. Oh, oh, yeah. That's how things have changed. Right. Yeah, you got to be careful about who you're picking these days. So Josh Groban, this time next year. Josh Groban? Oh, God. I mean, that was there waiting <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. We should have seen it coming. <laughs> I know. That's why he has to be even more careful, because his name can play into it. So So well.
0: naturally, while being interviewed at the Tonys, mm-hmm. somebody asks Tina about the potential for a 30 Rock reboot. And she says, well, you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather do a Liz Lemon-Leslie Nope crossover show. Right.
1: Wow, she just walked right into
0: that. She did. I mean, she was like... I think she probably said to her husband, Jeff, watch me bl- break the internet. Right. <laughs> what I can... In, with one sentence, I can break the internet.
1: And it's kind of a good idea because they're totally best friends and you could see how that dynamic would play out a little well, bit. Well, and
0: that way, it doesn't require comebacks from all the characters in those other shows. It's just right. whoever wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does kind of require... Uh, Adam Scott. And does Liz end up mm-hmm. with James Marsden at the end of 30 Rock? Yes. That kind of requires him to. Yeah. Although maybe not because like the idea would be uh, Nope's wh- running for major office, right? And mm-hmm. hires Liz Lemon as her press secretary. That's right.
1: One of them has to travel. Is this, have you already read into what the plot would be? Or no. are you just, you? this is just what you've Spit deduced balling. from? Okay. Yeah. That makes the most I'm sense. Sure. That's how their worlds would collide. Sure. Right. Well, couldn't, couldn't Nope, I guess Nope could never leave um pawnee uh no she can she can you think? yeah okay you've watched the fin- the end of the series yeah i just kind of forget how it ends well i'm
0: not gonna get into it right yeah am not gonna get into it because we- becky's watching the show now oh seriously yeah okay. anyway there's there's lots of potential there i'd love to see jack donaghy meet ron swanson you're right that'd be bananas
1: yeah but that could only last for like a couple scenes well, no, no totally. I don't know.
0: You'd have to remodel the show. Right. But the two of them together who we know have chemistry and have these established lovely characters mm-hmm. and could be kind of zany together. Like cuz they're really not the same character. Like Leslie really gets quite collected as Parks and Rec goes on. She's actually quite graceful yeah. for kind of like a a silly person. Mm-hmm. But Liz Lemon is never graceful. And right. so there's still a, a a distinction between those two
1: archetypes and jack donaghy could kind of be like a tammy too to uh ron swanson (laughs) i think that dynamic where like just every once in a while it's like oh no there he is well like jack donaghy
0: is what ron swanson would be if ron swanson cared what people
1: thought right right yeah yeah fair that's cool this is cool wow did you just come up with that off the top of your head or i think i think i think i was born with it yeah maybe it's (laughs) Maybelline.
0: yeah that's right what else do we have? We have a bunch of stuff in here. Ewan McGregor is going to play Danny Torrance in the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep. There's a know, Shining sequel? I didn't know that was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the guest lineup came out for the new season of Comedians
1: and Cars on Netflix, which comes out next month. Okay. I'm like four seasons behind, but... How can you not feel like watching that all the time? <laughs> I don't know. I, we've gone over this like three times, I think, on the show. All right. That I... Well, no, I'm not saying that it's like... Stop old, bringing this up. No, I'm not saying it's like old hat. I'm saying I just keep forgetting about it.
0: That's so weird to me, because sometimes I'll toss on one I've seen twice before. I know. I don't like to do that as much. I find them very palatable. Uh, Hassan Minhaj, Ellen DeGeneres, Dave Chappelle, Neil
1: Brennan, Alec Baldwin, again. Interesting. And John Mulaney. Wow, that's a good lineup. It is. It's a really good lineup. Yeah, that's going to be really good. Don't know how much I care about Alec Baldwin, but...
0: He's done one before. I know. I don't know. It's like things have changed now. He's kind of become more of a comedian than ever before with the Trump thing. Right. But uh, he has done an episode before.
1: How pissed do you think comedians are about Donald Trump being... Alec Baldwin, Baldwin being being Donald Trump?
0: I don't know. I think that it kind of revamped SNL. I think eh. like, SNL is having a really good time right now. Did you
1: kind of think their cold open started to suck a little bit, though? Yep. Yeah, it yep. really got there. It
0: got m. really formulaic. And the other thing is, it's not just Alec Baldwin. That kind of opened the door for like all the major roles in the cabinets to go to like major celebrities. Right. Whether it's Melissa McCarthy or Scarlett Johansson or mm-hmm. or uh, John Goodman or yeah. Jimmy Fallon, like all these, Robert like De Niro, Ben Stiller, yeah, Robert De Niro, <laughs> Ben Stiller, like these hugely famous people taking roles away from Pete Davidson, who I guess has been <laughs> like, busy <Mikey> anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's why he got with Ariana Grande because he had, like, so, he much had so much extra time, free time. Because they weren't putting him in cold opens. He, uh, this was Lauren's fault. Lauren, I'm putting it back on you. You're absolutely right. He's a listener. Alec Albums on Howard Stern this
0: week, and he made the. Foolish mistake of saying that if he were to run against Trump in twenty twenty, he would a thousand percent win. Ah, uh, well, he shouldn't say that.
1: Well, I mean, he shouldn't say that. But he's not going to run.
0: No. So he was. he was just. He was just being.
1: He was being Trumpy. He was about being it. a
0: troublemaker. Yeah, and he, you're right. He was saying a very Trump-like thing. I don't yeah. know if that was the pastiche. Yeah, maybe it was. Did you see what Robert De Niro did at the Tonys?
1: Yeah. He, what did he? So I've. I know that he you called out Trump, seen it? but I didn't actually watch the clip. All right. I'm going to see if I can find it for uh-huh. you because it's just like... It's he he just... like apologizes for the idiot president or... No, that's the
0: thing he said to the press later on. He uh, apologized to Canada for, he says, my idiot president. And then he apologizes directly to, uh, to Justin Trudeau. But that's kind of a separate thing. It all started when uh, he walked out on stage at the Tonys to present...
1: Say one thing, fuck Trump. Oh my god. I was actually just Oh, that's incredible. Live TV. That's great. I I was going to say does he just say like fuck Donald Trump or something? And that's exactly what he says Everybody and gets us standing says up. Says it again. That's oh, going to be gratifying the second time it's too. No longer
0: down with Trump, it's fuck Trump. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Saying it at the Tonys, yeah, what a platform! To I say, know. Fuck Trump. Well, I
0: think he knew it wasn't really going out on a limb. No, <laughs> like, everyone was going to be super pumped he about knew it. David Hyde Pierce in the front row was going to clap. Yes, but like, it's it's just so funny. Like, there's no
1: there's the control room director must have been like, ah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: How but uh, I have at seen the same that? time, it's the like the greatest thing to happen to the Tonys. It is. It's
0: really great. But then two days later, Donald Trump tweeted. Uh, the very low IQ Robert De Niro must be punch drunk. I guess that's a Raging Bull reference. Yeah, does
1: he say, yeah. (laughs) Just a quick reference. Yeah, really, also off the press. Doesn't he say, wake up punchy at some point, or was that just something I read in a headline? And also,
0: like, the very low IQ Robert De Niro, like... (laughs) Right. First of all, you have you have no idea what that means. The very low IQ. Yeah, well,
1: it's just because he said
0: "fuck Trump." He has a low IQ, <laughs> right? And there were spelling errors in that tweet, which is amazing. No. it's so funny when he says someone has a low IQ
1: and he misspells a word. Wow. Yeah. Did someone? I, I read that one of his cabinet members, and this might have been like, it almost seemed like an onion thing, but apparently, one of his cabinet members said they <laughs> uh, the U.S. has strong ties to Germany uh, ever since D-Day yeah like that rings a bell that like that that was not the time that you guys were getting along with germany no no there's i
0: i I don't want to get into it because there's been so much trump this week that we can't unpack that we just don't have time for it
1: funny things every once in a while
0: insane insane uh jordan peele uh wants to do a live action gargoyles movie for disney remember gargoyles yeah he wants to do the movie jordan peele <laughs> I feel like he's trolling us a little bit. Yeah, I think a little bit too. I think that like Hollywood is so ready yeah. to see what Jordan Peele's going to do next, and that he's, he's just, just like, like "Tell him I'm going to do a Gargoyles movie." <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah, uh, Brian Singer is going to be credited as the sole director on Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen biopic. Okay, which is kind of interesting. What's
1: the what's the significance? Well, he there? got fired
0: for being a nightmare. Oh right, right. So that's interesting. Uh Bo Burnham's eighth grade, his movie eighth grade. Yeah, it won some awards. It won Best Picture at the Seattle International Film Festival.
1: Crazy. It's supposed to be good. Have you seen the trailer for it yet?
0: Yeah, I saw the trailer for it. It looks great. Like, yeah. is this gonna get a wide release? Is this going to be like in Oscar contention? I think it will get a wide release. As like as wide as Ladybird did anyway. Well that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. is this going to be the 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 emotional indie darling this year? From director Bo Burnham, who had a Casio in his mom's like attic. When I was in grade 11 and I used to laugh at his funny webcam videos.
1: Hey, man, people change. They at, do. And like award winning videos. Yeah.
0: That is weirder than, than Jordan Peele. Winning well, Big
1: well we watched his show. Like, what was his show about? It was about him in like high school trying to do a different thing to avoid going to university. Zach day. Stone's going to be famous. Zach Stone's going to be famous. Great show. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's his plan when all of his friends are going off to university. Instead, he wants to spend the summer trying to get famous. Yeah. And it's funny. I love that. Yeah. It's wild. He's an interesting dude. Mm-hmm. Kenny Loggins is working on a new version of Danger Zone for the <laughs> Top Gun sequel. <laughs>
1: We're into
0: Kenny Loggins news at this point. <laughs> this is when we got to start talking about shows. No, I want to talk about this. Okay. The Top Gun sequel. Mm-hmm. He's doing a new version of Highway to the Danger Zone.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar.
0: And uh, what's his name? Val Kilmer's coming back. To sing
1: on the track? No, to be in the movie. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. And
0: also, Val Kilmer said some shitty things about Anthony Bourdain being selfish this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know that's not very good timing. Uh, oh, this is kind of interesting. You saw it, right? Yes. So the character of Mike. Okay. They have cast adult Mike for It Chapter Two, and it's Isaiah Mustafa. Do you know who that is? No. He's the he's the deodorant guy. The <laughs> the come again? The Old Spice guy. From those commercials that were huge like eight years ago. Oh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. The, right. the Hold Spice guy is going <laughs>
1: to be an it chapter two. <laughs> All right. I dig it. Yeah. Is there any other bit? Wasn't he supposed to potentially be Sterling K. Brown? I don't know about that. I heard there's rumors about him being
0: in It at one point. Anyway, everybody as an adult in It apparently is beautiful. Ask
1: for Sterling K. Brown, get the All
0: Spice Guy. you get the All Spice Guy, who's ridiculously handsome. And then there's Jessica Chastain. Like, Mm -hmm. they're all completely glamorous for this movie. Right. This movie feels way
1: more Hollywood than the first one. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess so. The first one, you're right, was not as star-studded. It had the kid from Stranger Things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's all I got. That's I just wanted have. to get in that Kenny Loggins news before. We that get was on. the
0: biggest story of the day. Shut up, man! I did prep. I did too. I wrote my notes. What notes do you have? Because okay. I don't remember you contributing anything.
1: I will. I was looking at my notes every time you we were bringing up another headline. All right. All right. Go so for it. Sorry that I stomped on Kenny Loggins in Danger Zone too. <laughs> you didn't. I got that one in. Okay. First, in this order, the order that I kind of think we should have taken. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Right. I didn't want to start on that because that was sad. Second, Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande. Right. That's not sad. It's scared Third, scary. a story that I did not get out yet. Okay. Rose McGowan, indicted on Coke possession. I know. But apparently it was, Coke was found in a wallet that she left on a plane. Oh. So she maintains that like, no, this was not me. And in a somewhat believable statement says she thinks it was planted by the goons of harvey weinstein yeah i mean i don't know how high up the
0: goons of harvey weinstein go i think it's more likely that it's her cocaine but she <laughs> knows that any lawyer worth his salt is going to get her off because the wallet was alone
1: right yeah and doesn't it suck though that like during an important time they're like yeah but she's on coke it does, but she her image is not exactly squeaky clean right now
0: and I don't mean because of the Harvey Weinstein thing. I just like she's been kind of uh, volatile publicly anyway it's not uh, it's not like she's been like really graceful for the lack of a better word right she's kind of been like a little I don't know how to say this without sounding like I don't sympathize with her because of course I do, but like she has it, it's just kind of been difficult to watch Rose McGowan. I see okay kind I of deal with the whole thing.
1: It's a lot a lot. It's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. You know what I mean? I know what you I know what you're saying. I'm picking right. up. Okay. Um Cavs lose calves, all caps. Cavs lost. I think we talked about that I a think lot. I brought that up. Yeah. Sorry for contributing. <laughs> Bronny James. Kanye Kid Cudi album. Oh yeah. What do you think? It's I think it's great. Good. I think it's one of the so Kanye did three albums. I think this one's possibly the best. Okay. With Kid Cudi. I have not listened to this new Kid Cudi album yet. It's called Kids See Ghosts. Yeah. And it's actually a, like a collab effort by Kanye and Kid Cudi.
0: I did watch the Kardashians versus the Wests on Family Feud. This was a thing. It, it was pretty. It was pretty charming. Really, Kanye West had has never had more fun in his life. Really, than when he was a contestant on
1: Family Feud. <laughs> this was this aired yesterday. Can I find it online? You can see
0: it all on YouTube. It's okay. like it was like two or three days ago. Kanye was in see. a terrible dumpy sweater. And he has never smiled so wide in his life. Really? He had a
1: blast. Just having a good time. Yeah. Was everyone else having a good time, too? Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. You should. It's pretty fun. We should have done that for the show show tonight. We should have, yeah. Maybe Cause next we Because
0: we picked a couple of beasts tonight. Yeah, you're right. Tonight. Do you want to get into them? Do you we, have some more?
1: We really did. Uh, only that Haim fired their agent because he was literally allowing them to play for like a quarter 10%, 10%, of the cost. 10%? 10% of what they were paying
0: the male acts on there. That's so brutal that's really terrible okay I think it's my turn to go first is it uh, yeah I believe yeah. that oh boy which one do I pick um, I think I'm going to pick Patrick Melrose as the I show I'd like know. to recap starring Benedict Cumberbatch I will go on go all right you got three two one go. Patrick Melrose is some inexplicably rich British guy who has a terrible heroin problem. At the beginning of the episode he gets a phone call, finds out that his father is dead, so he has to go to New York to retrieve the father's ashes, which have already been cremated. While he's there, he stays at like the Ritz Carlton or some ridiculously fancy hotel, and he, uh, one of his girlfriends kind of sets him up on a social engagement with a friend of hers, just so he's not alone, and it's Alison Williams, and she kind of judges him because he's a total asshole. Then he goes back to his hotel room, tries to kill himself, and it doesn't work, and he decides he wants to quit drugs. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that was very succinct. Yeah, I did okay. You you pretty much hit everything there. There wasn't yeah. a whole lot to, to. It was actually just kind of a pleasure to watch Benedict Cumberbatch act. Act. He really Be acted. addicted to drugs. Yeah, like. Almost have multiple personality disorder. I wondered about that.
0: Is like, is it part of the character? And people who have read these novels yeah. would know. Is it part of the character that he is both a drug addict and schizophrenic, or is the schizophrenia just a metaphor for the drugs? I
1: think it's a. Uh, I don't even know that it's a metaphor for the drugs. I think it's a, a metaphor for the torment that he feels from what his like father. That's what I mean on him.
0: Yeah. I also think it's just a device to work in the author's well-known writing style yeah. into the exposition of the show totally uh so of like he's narrating it because it's probably written in first person if you read the novels but that's what's weird is that it's a five episode limited series mm-hmm. each episode is one, one of the books yeah so, like this this episode of tv which almost entirely takes place in a hotel room yep. is a novel i know what
1: is that novel like is it a short novel because no i, I think they're, they're like drugstore paperbacks it's like an hour 10 minute movie you're basically watching a movie about someone's life falling apart. Yeah. Being super drug addicted, mainly heroin, mm-hmm. but also Quaaludes, <laughs> Quaaludes and, and lots of beauties. Lots of abuse. What's what's a black beauty? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. It um, stood out to me though. Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah, and he was going to the dingiest neighborhoods to get drugs. Like, man, I don't know what it is about heroin addiction that interests me so much. Okay. But like I was talking about anthony bourdain and russell brand it does earlier interest you the, i'm i'm yeah i'm so is it the, tale the of, is it the
0: addiction of it or is it the culture of it like when he goes to the dingy alley and he almost gets stabbed and then he goes to the crack house and he shoots up in it's the a combination so okay. it's
1: the fact that this is the most addictive thing you could ever put into your body yes and two the fact that people will go to any means to get it three the fact that the withdrawal is so insane and and like, I love train spotting too. I kind of thought this was train spotting meets
0: American Psycho. That's like, a great call. Like, there's no murder, but it's about this guy who wears nice suits. And yep. when the door closes, he does something heinous.
1: And it's, yeah, it's almost kind of cool. Like, he's doing something oh, yeah. heinous, but he's not, he's doing it to himself.
0: It's psychedelic, though. And, yeah. like, it's, it, it also, you're right, it has the kind of romantic, he's bottoming out kind of look. Yeah. Uh, not, not that he's likable. He's really not. And it's kind of nice that, uh, it sets up at the end that he's going to try to get clean because now I feel like the show can be about this guy who could be very cool and
1: likable. Yeah. Not being an asshole on drugs. But are you not rooting for him? Like once you find out that his fought, like he was clearly, you know, the, the, uh, subject of like heinous sexual abuse. Yeah. And, and that's, that's autobiographical from ages five to eight. Like i read the Wikipedia article. A lot of this, this story is autobiographical, which is unreal. I know. Yeah. What a hard life. Yeah. I don't know what his dad was famous for or rich for. I don't know. But he seemed like a very successful man. Um, and, yeah, literally, like, you know, to phrase it no other way, the way the Wikipedia article phrased it, um, he was raped repeatedly yeah. by his father between the ages of 5 and 8. Yeah. Like, that's the type of thing that gives someone a insane drug dependency issue (laughs) well and they did kind of allude to that in the show and that there's all these
0: weird flashbacks to when he's a kid Mm -hmm. and his relationship with his mom played by jennifer jason lee yeah um and they're just really brief and i guess they're going to kind of fill in the blanks later but there was like a really uh, witty piece of dialogue where he's going to visit that woman where uh allison williams turns up yep uh and they say like i'm sorry to hear about your dad i know things were tough but he really loved you and he's like uh I, I forget exactly how he says it, but he says, uh, cruelty is the absence of love. Uh, cruelty is, it's not, it's not an inarticulate expression of love. It's the absence of love or something like that. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's really well said. Yeah. That's the thing about Benedict Cumberbatch is he's like, he's, he's pretty classic. Totally. But on the other hand, like you're right, it was a great performance from him, but also we've seen him play, lone wolf with lots of vices.
1: Isn't that kind of too clever for his own good? Who's also a heroin addict. Yeah. But I don't know. He, he, he did it so well and he, you're right. It kind of, I mean, it's different. It's it not of, Sherlock. No, it's a, it's a little bit and it's in the eighties and everyone, the thing I found kind of funny about the show is everyone knows that he's got extensive drug problems. Yeah. Even the parents of, um, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> like he knocks on the door and he's like, Oh, hello. Good to see you. Um, and he says... He has an eye patch. Yeah. He says, you might remember me. Uh, and they're like, oh. And he says... They're tu- like, I'm I not turn- sure I do. Yeah. I turned blue on your bathroom floor. I turned Oh, blue. we had to break the door down. Yeah. And there's like no hard feelings there. Everyone just kind of understands. His- You're right. It's understood that he's a degenerate. But maybe it's
0: understood that he was uh, abused. And so that's where they find their quarter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved... it. Um, again, I'm kind of a sucker for any sort of addict story. You're going to need to figure out why. That's a, a a great question. I don't know. I read both the bookie books. Now I want to read Kitchen Confidential. I was reading about Anthony Bourdain tonight and yeah. like his heroin dependency. I don't know what it is. Um,
0: specifically heroin, you're not interested in a crackhead.
1: No, I, I think I'd be interested in that too. Yeah. Yep. And I, you know, I like the means that they'll go to to get the drugs and they're in, you know... I remember Russell Brand saying he had a friend named Gritty yeah. who was like a <laughs> a, a trans um, drug dealer in like yep. the worst part of London. Damn. And it kind of reminded me of the same thing where there was uh, Willie mm-hmm. when he went down and then he's the one who stops him from getting stabbed. Like, yeah. don't, don't stick him. Don't, don't stick, stick him.
0: him. Were you going to stab me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm Mark. <laughs> he shakes his hand. <laughs> like the, stuff like that I found kind of charming in the story. Um and also that he was, you know, he he wasn't a totally unlikable guy because he was kind of funny. I don't know. And had I, a bit of a had a bit of a charm. I don't know if he had much charm. No. I th- I think that any lack of charm
0: was because of the performance. I don't I don't discredit Benedict Cumberbatch at all, but I I didn't think he was a good guy at all, and yeah. I didn't I didn't I see what you mean rooting for him. Yeah, because it's tough. Right, but like no when he's like trashing the hotel room and like when he's putting the tv on the side of the bathtub and like yeah there were times like where i was just like oh he's buddy. clearly
1: just being a piece of shit yeah he's yeah he's a piece of shit yeah. through most of
0: it yeah yeah but you right, had it was a- there was comedy in it like when when they send him to the wrong uh room and he's at the jewish wake <laughs> instead of where he's trying to get his father's ashes that was yeah. kind of funny
1: yep um I'm I'm curious. I saw a thing at the end of the episode which was like next week on Showtime mm. and it kind of did a, a a breeze through the whole series on like parts of the show and it's okay. the rest of the show I think is about the guy's entire life which is getting clean, getting married, having a kid, having trouble, having those issues about having his own kid when Well, you have to think that there's a lot of development happening here because each episode is a novel. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it goes right up until he gets, he becomes successful on his own at the end. Whether that's through being a writer, I don't know. Well, but. maybe it's not about a drug addict all the way through. Maybe he does get clean. Yeah. And yeah. it's just about this interesting guy. In which case, doesn't that kind of make you want to watch the show? Way more, more? so, honestly. Like, let's yeah. watch the transformation. Yeah, I don't think I could watch Benedict Cumberbatch being like nine episodes of being the exact same person who's just still doing drugs, like Wolf of Wall Street style. Right. Well, you know. and that, that makes this all the more poignant
0: because it's uh, at its worst. Right. You know? Yeah.
1: And and don't you think that Benedict Cumberbatch would want to do a role that stretched him a little bit more?
0: I happen to know he wanted to do this role because in 2014, he did a Reddit AMA and somebody asked him, what other literary character would you like to portray after Sherlock? And he said Patrick Melrose. No.
1: And at that point, Showtime was like, let's buy the rights. I think so. Because it was 2014. Probably. Yeah. And man, when he just breaks down on the phone at the end, because I think his former sponsor or someone who he's gotten clean with before. Yeah, he's like, I tried to kill myself last night. Yeah, Now I think I want to turn things around. He says, I want to get clean. And his sponsor maybe says, well, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do instead? And he just breaks down and starts crying. And it was like snap of the fingers. You're seeing that this theater actor, this very clear theater actor can just turn it on. And it's not a very supportive question, is it? What are you gonna do instead of doing drugs? Like, what are right. you
0: gonna do without drugs?
1: Right. You know what I mean. Well, I think I think to a certain extent, sometimes those like sponsors have to ask the hard questions too. Like, probably. they can't be super nice all the time because they know that like you, like this guy's kind of been babyed this whole. Well, that life too. and addicts probably say every couple of days, I'm gonna get clean. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so some I think some sponsors are kind of hard asses about it.
0: Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. You, you make an interesting point, though, about about his, his training and also his stardom. Like, why have I not heard anything about this show, which is one of Hollywood's most bankable stars right now?
1: I don't know. I think maybe because it's a mini series, like, it got great reviews. If yep. you go on, like, E! Online or Star News or, I don't know, Spin. Oh, I, th- I just, think
0: it'll get, like, Emmy and Golden Globe attention. Yeah. Yeah. It might just age better than it did on its original release. Well, that and, like, uh, Tom Hiddleston did a thing a couple years ago that's, like, it was award season before you were like, oh, he made this? Right. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to watch more of it, though. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. I, I would give it my S, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I'm, I'm interested to see where
1: Allison Williams' career goes. Yeah. It's kind of in this weird place. You know what? I meant to bring that up. Um, there was a, a uh, uh, and, and not about her, but about her dad. Uh, and it was called Free Brian Williams, and it was an episode of Malcolm Gladwell's uh, revisionist history. I uh, listen to that. That'd be great, D- man. It is so. His whole thing is, you know, in revisionist history, it's let's, like
0: let's stop uh, like stomping on Brian Williams for doing a thing that is like so not a big deal in 2018. 100, yeah.
1: And like, might not have even really been his fault, and he apologized for yeah. it, like. Oh, his, he was at the top of News Mountain. Totally. And he is kind of like just slogging it again. Well, and, and they give multiple stories of how memories can change over time, and eventually they kind of morph into something else, and yeah. it's not necessarily the person trying to do it for a claim. Like, what did Brian Williams really have to gain? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Except
0: for that he liked to be charismatic, I think. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but I always really liked Brian Williams, and I felt bad for him, whether he was kind of stretching the truth or not as a newsman. I still felt bad for like how hard he fell there yeah. three years ago. Well,
1: the icing on the cake is the person that is really like giving it to him in the interview is Matt Lauer. Wow! And even Malcolm Gladwell goes, and it's Matt Lauer for Christ's sake, <laughs> who's like not asking the right questions. Like the the memory specialists of New York live. Three blocks away from NBC headquarters, and they're not, like, all oh. they had to do was reach out to someone. Oh, you
0: know what? I'm going to uh, take a personal moment. Dad, I know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Listen to this episode
1: of Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. I'm going to listen to it, and we can talk about it. It's amazing. And, and the, the episode before kind of deals with memories that have twisted a little bit.
0: Well, that, and, like, every news person on TV is so obviously biased now, more so than ever. Yeah. Like, there was this amazing reel that somebody made, uh, and it went around yesterday, of in 2008 when Obama had said he would like to have a face-to-face summit with Kim Jong-il at the time. And like every Fox news journalist was like, Oh, Obama likes to hang out with dictators. (laughs) And like now they all think that Trump deserves a Nobel peace prize.
1: Literally. And Trump said, said Kim Jong-un is an amazing leader and runs like an incredible ship. Basically. This is amazing clip of, uh,
0: they're just kind of like in the dining room before things have started. And Trump's just like being his like aw shucks flirtatious self that's mm-hmm. upsetting. And he's, he says to one of the photographers, you're going to make us look nice? You're going to make us look thin? And then they shoot across to a shot of Kim Jong-un who has never been told he's not thin before.
1: It's like straight out of the office. It is. And and straight out, out of
0: the office. Looking straight down like Kevin style. <laughs>
1: just <laughs> kind was like, of looking blissfully for like, unaware. For like a
0: second, <laughs> I got nervous that Donald Trump, who I loathe, might get killed in that room. <laughs> like, I was like, what's going to happen here? Yeah. Uh, that's a good clip. Uh, anyway, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch more Patrick Melrose. If you tell me episode two is very different in that the mm-hmm. the drugs are not the center, right. I would be way more inclined to watch it because I love to watch him act. Yeah. Uh, and it was certainly really good the first time, but it was pretty exhausting to watch. Yeah.
1: Love a good AA story. That, w- that was the whole... Um, uh, that was basically the whole plot of Infinite Jest. It yeah. all takes place in like a halfway home where they're right. in AA and they're all former heroin addicts. Oh, my God. How many things are tying together with heroin?
0: Well, you love you loved that book. I did.
1: I got some soul searching to do. You do. <laughs> maybe you were a drug addict in a previous and life. In another life? Yeah. That'd be interesting. Do you so believe maybe, in that? Uh, in previous lives? I don't know. Lives? I'm not sure. No. I, I'm unwilling to say that I don't. Okay. But I don't have anything that points me in the direction besides maybe this heroin addiction thing.
0: Are you addicted to heroin? Yes. yes. I mean, you deeply d- I mean, you do have a dependency on something that you have to inject intravenously. That's
1: true. I am familiar with needles. Yes, you are. Who knows? Maybe I had a working pancreas, but a bad. Uh... Or maybe this whole diabetes thing
0: is all a ruse, and you're just shooting up smack at work all the time. <laughs> Can you imagine if I? That was... would be
1: such a twist. That would be such a twist. The yeah. fact that I got away with being a heroin addict for four years. Yeah, I don't know. So it looks actually, like... being diabetic. There
0: are like, and also just
1: injecting it into like the fat parts of my body, like my my like stomach and my I butt. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you went to them and had had them put like put a vein on your stomach or yeah, something. Maybe they did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe when you got back from was it Argentina? Yeah. And you looked like hell. Maybe that was because you got hooked on. Heroin I looked like I got hooked on heroin. You did. You looked terrible.
1: Dad. Yeah. Maybe that's why I got a soft spot for these guys. Right, I'm gonna keep an eye on you. All right, please do.
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna run the clock here. I'm gonna oh, give God. you 30 seconds to recap the pilot episode of
1: Succession. Beginning in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the uh, Waco Ronstar Corporation is basically like the Disney media conglomerate. There is a son who's trying to make a big buy for the company. Um and is doing a piss poor job and getting bullied by the people they're trying to buy. Uh, meanwhile, the father's having his like 80th birthday. The whole family's there. The father says, "I'm not stepping down for this Frank guy to be the upcoming guy." Um, and all of the family basically turns on him and doesn't make the deal happen. Yeah, they kind of have this like weird family reunion, like where they know the tides are about
0: to turn, and so yeah. they're all kind of coming together, and they're all. I was going to say they're all skeevy. They're not all skeevy in fact. They're all tough. They all like they all know who they are and they're happy to be that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And by the way, it's 21st Century Fox. This is based on Rupert Murdoch.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um and I don't know how loosely cuz like all the names are changed. Yeah. Uh but they're this 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 image of extremely powerful family run by extremely powerful patriarch who is about to Uh, Pass on the baton. People are about to succeed him, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he has this litter of children, all with different, like, varying degrees of ruthlessness, or complete disengagement. In the case of Alan Ruck's character, right? Uh, I I think that that uh, like narrative has been used a lot. I think so That like like, kind of Lear esque story Mm -hmm. of like aging lunatic guy who is super powerful and his
1: kids, yep. yeah, and the Yeah, you're right. Connor, who's Alan Rock, is but he still kind of does have a bit of heartlessness about him. Right, but he's like wearing a sweater vest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um gives the sourdough starter to the dad. That was kind of funny. <laughs> that was like a funny, bro. You yeah. gave him goop. Kieran uh, Culkin, what did you think of him in the episode? He won. Yeah. He won the episode. He was definitely the most um Followable, Yeah. If I can well, he was just
0: kind of insane. He was yeah. just like, he gave the best performance. Yes. It was the boldest. It was probably the easiest to find on paper. Right. But that scene, I, I'll, I'll be honest, the first two thirds, I didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. The final act of the episode really got good. Right. Uh, the whole thing at the baseball game, when, when he says to the random kid, if you can hit a home run, I'll give you a million dollars. Right. And like, they think he's kidding. He's like, I'm dead serious. He writes a check. Yeah. And then the kid almost makes it and doesn't. And then he tears up the check yep. in the kid's face. And then uh, the old man goes over and gives the
1: kid his watch, I think. Yes, the Patek Philippe watch, which is like $15,000. It was kind
0: of his way of like apologizing for my asshole son. Yeah. Like that was cold. That was, it was super cold. That was
1: like suddenly fascinating. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. You, you kind of, you weren't sure whether he was an asshole with a heart of gold at the very beginning. Like maybe he was going to be a good dad and that was what he really cared about. Yeah. But no, he's just a straight up asshole. You're talking about Kieran
0: Culkin? Kieran Culkin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, Well, and like the other guy, the main guy who's kind of getting screwed around mm-hmm. by the other, he's trying to make the deal, and then he yeah. ends up having like a really uh, like uh, tenuous relationship with this other businessman. I was predisposed to thinking he was going to be an asshole because he has a bit part in Molly's Game where he's a super asshole. Uh, that's okay. really all I know him from. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's an asshole's face. <laughs> but he wasn't really an asshole. No. He's kind of getting taken for a ride. He's kind of like not respected by his family.
1: He was the one who was definitely trying the hardest. Uh, like in you know generally just trying hard he wants it the most he wants it the most yeah and but he also is the most um fragile yes also like his ex-wife notes that you know they've got a couple kids and he's had a cocaine problem Mm -hmm. and she's trying to find a guy who's not gonna leave cocaine on the iPads right
0: you know what I I just said the whole thing about like powerful dads and their uh, thirsty kids that show trust it kind of felt like that a little bit to me
1: yeah you know what the, yeah there's you're right that was a that's a very astute point because there's an entire family of people trying to get the dad's position yeah who is a media mogul no media no oil and gas oil and gas in the
0: case of getty yeah 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 in this case it's media right news corp and but yeah it's, it's
1: very similar You're right. I'm surprised I didn't make that. And it has that gray
0: hue, and it's just like it's another one of those like really heavy dramas. Some of the characters are interesting, yeah, uh, but
1: uh, yeah, it was kind of kind of cold and kind of dark. Well, here's an interesting thing. Like you notice the the producers and director of the show. Will Farrell and Adam McKay. Yes.
0: And so, like, Adam McKay has won an Academy Award for The Make Big sure. Short. Yep. And so, like, it's he's not just uh, anchorman anymore. No. But, like, for Will Farrell, I mean, who is his business partner, I guess, but, right. like, for him to be involved in this is very odd. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the, the whole show didn't have as much of a comedic tinge as no. I thought it might for nope. being produced by both of them. Way more laughs in, in the Benedict Cumberbatch show.
0: Yeah. Not that I laughed out loud a lot, but it just was way cheekier than, than this succession show. I don't know if the show really worked for me. No, it didn't really work for me. I was I was kinda pleased to see Alan Ruck though. By the yeah. way, was by the way, great? if he dyed his hair black, he could play Cameron Fry tomorrow. Yeah, yeah he looks good. He looks great. There's this movie, uh, it's a Netflix movie that Zoe Deutsch is promoting right now. She's the daughter of Leah Thompson, who was Lorraine McFly in Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Uh, she's the daughter of Howard Deutsch and uh, Leah Thompson. And when I saw her in Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some, I thought it's uncanny how much she looks like Leah Thompson at right. 18 years old. Yeah. And then, sure enough, she's her daughter. She's promoting this movie right now with an actor called Glenn Powell, which is a name that sounds familiar to me, but his face only looks familiar to me because I thought that could be Alan Rock's son. Right. And he's not. Yeah. But he has like the small eyes and the long head. And so the two of them are in this movie right now, looking exactly like '80s teenagers. Right. And so it's almost like Leah Thompson has made a movie with Alan Ruck mm-hmm. in 2018, and they're both still teenagers.
1: It's kind of fun. And did you did you think at any point like, whoa, there's two alumni of John Hughes movies in this show? Because I that thought crossed my mind. Uh, who's the other one? Kieran Culkin. Oh sure, Fuller. Mm-hmm. Fuller. Yeah. Easy on the Pepsi. He wets the bed. Yeah. Big glasses. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's right. He's kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he an Uncle Buck, too? He probably was. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Macaulay, Macaulay was. was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He might have been even smaller in that, in like a very tiny part. But. Very possibly.
0: I, Kieran Culkin, as an adult, I just recognize him from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He was yes. very good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to do a sequel for
1: that? I don't think so. I think they kind of expired the whole story. Gotcha. Yeah. People not liking Arrested Development on Netflix. No, Why? I don't know. I I I kind of wonder if it's Jeffrey Tambor um, maybe like spillover because it's only got forty one percent. Like that is wow. shockingly low. No,
0: this is just proof that they should not do a, a community movie. Time passes, the world changes. It's better that Freaks and Geeks got canceled. You can't. Yeah. It's so much better yeah. to not, especially if a show is like a cult thing that not everybody got. It's so much more special mm-hmm. if
1: you're if you just left wondering than right. if they try and do it. Yeah. And, like, Michael Sarah is 40 now. Totally. And, I mean, Anchorman had a sequel, and everyone was like, yeah, it's finally getting a sequel. And did anyone care? Nobody cares. No. Nobody talks about that movie. No one talks about the Hangover trilogy. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come
0: on. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. So. For the same reason they shouldn't do a Willy Wonka reboot, but they will, so let's at least hope they get somebody good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the, the difference is we're not hoping for it. No,
0: I don't. It's, I don't have anything running on it. I guess. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have any emotional. At investment. this point, we could be pleasantly surprised. Episode two of Succession is called "Shit
1: Show at the Fuck Factory." I meant to mention that. <laughs> Great call. It is a very good title. I saw that being the second uh, episode on the episode list, and
0: that seems like a fun time. The second one is out, uh, but that's it. That's we're almost caught up really yeah and and just to totally bring it back to cameron fry for a second mm-hmm. um the scene of the baseball diamond he's standing in the background and somebody goes swing better no <laughs> yeah. seriously oh yeah.
1: oh yeah oh i totally i was like oh that. that's not an accident that's a good nod yeah i like that yeah he his last thing he did was what spin city yeah maybe, Has he done I mean, I mean, maybe he's, he's done any other maybe he's done little bit parts or something but yeah that was his last major gig yeah cool man alan rock he's a, he's a guy that i hope is super nice in real life me too. A long
0: time ago, I heard a, I heard a, a fan theory uh-huh. that you should consider Cameron Frye the star of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, I
1: remember you telling me this. Maybe I've
0: talked about it on the podcast and I'm repeating Possibly. myself. I always do repeat myself in this podcast. I mean, there's, there's this whole other theory that like Ferris just exists in, in Cameron's uh, brain and that he's like uh, a projection of what Cameron dreams of being. Right. I think that's a little too lofty. Mm-hmm. But if you just watch the movie through the lens of the title of this movie is Cameron Frye Takes a Stand. Yeah. It becomes a really I mean it's
1: emotional anyway, but I uh, and another view viewpoint is from New Girl where Jess Day is watching Ferris Bueller's day off and she looks at the laptop that they're watching it on and she goes, God, this movie should be called The Day the Principal Tried to Do His Job <laughs>
0: <laughs> True, except he crosses the line a whole bunch. Yes. One hundred yeah. Why does he care so much about one kid blowing off classes? No, that's
1: right. With your bad back, you shouldn't be throwing anyone.
0: <laughs> Love that movie. You he think he's a righteous dude.
1: <laughs> Dweebies? Punks? <laughs>
0: All right, are we good? Do we have I think one? I is, think we're good. Is that it? Okay. So we have a we have a new way of doing the uh, the Will Smith thing. Right.
1: Is it gonna be two truths and a liar? Is it gonna be fresh, not fresh? Uh I d I don't know. Like you could you could say
0: fresh means true. Okay. Two two freshes and a not fresh. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. So one of these is not fresh. Yeah. All right. Will Smith was considered as the host of Fear Factor, but ultimately passed on it because he found the premise cruel. Okay. Will Smith uses a coffee maker to heat water, but includes no coffee grinds and drinks hot water every morning instead of coffee.
1: Okay, do you want me to give my my guess on if it's fresh or not fresh?
0: You gotta hear all three okay, before sure. you know which one is not right. fresh. Okay, great. Will Smith
1: can't see the color yellow. Okay, I'm going to say that the not fresh has to be the water one. No, that one's fresh. That one's fresh? Yep. Okay, so the first one was passed up on the fear factor thing. Uh, I never heard that before. It sounds believable. sounds believable, but okay, the third one was you can't see the color. Okay, that's one that you could easily just make up, so that one is not fresh. The color yellow one? Yeah. No, that's fresh. That's fresh. So he wasn't the the uh, host of Fear Factor, or he wasn't passed up for the host of Fear Factor. No, that one's fresh too. Oh my god, Quick you tricked question. me again. They're all fresh. All fresh. Never trust Will Smith. Never!